you have to have small brands like us talking about sustainability and why we're sustainable in all of the different aspects because that will make people challenge the current brands. Hi, I'm Sebastian Volney and this is The Sustainable Fashion Wingman, the podcast exploring the innovations and choices in ethical fashion, helping you dress, live and work more sustainably. I hope you enjoyed our last episode and of course would love it if you subscribe to the podcast as we aim to bring you more insightful talks from the world of sustainable fashion regularly. Today we have the pleasure of talking to Juliet Shepard, founder of newly launched surf and swimwear brand Ulu. Juliet has a wealth of experience in sustainability and fashion and an avid surfer at that. But what was it like to start a brand during the pandemic? We all know 2020 was a bit of a non-starter. Well, let's find out. Hi, Juliet. Hi, Sebastian. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm super excited to tell you a little bit about my company and, of course, talk about everything sustainability. We're really excited to have you on the show and we're really looking forward to hear about your venture into brand ownership. So to kick things off, let's get a little bit of an introduction about yourself and your background in fashion and sustainability. Of course. So I started my career in fashion around six years ago. It was always something that I wanted to pursue. Um, as many teenage girls um, love fashion and it's just such a big part of your life. Um, I graduated in economics, but I went straight into buying. So that was my first experience of fashion and I absolutely loved it. I've moved away from um, buying and I actually went into consulting and worked more with brands about all things related to retail, not just sustainability, but um, how to use data and how um, they can improve, improve their buying processes, how they can implement various different softwares and so on. So such a broad range of experience. And now it's something that I always wanted to do, but I finally had the courage and the idea to set my own brand up, which is really exciting. And of course, it had to be sustainable when I, when I set my brand up. That's a massive like, passion of mine. I think it's really important. Um, and so I guess six months after I had the initial idea, we've launched and ready to show the world what Ulu Swim and Surf is all about. That's fantastic. And why exactly did you choose Swim and Surf Way exactly for your brand? That's a great question. So um, I know that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, setting up a brand in COVID times is not the easiest. And to be honest, it happened more on accident. I had taken some time out of my career to go traveling. It was something that I'd wanted to do for a while. And I felt that it was the, t the time was right. This decision was made pre-COVID. Um, never mind, I, I definitely got a lot out of it. So off I went on my backpacking travels and I spent a lot of time on beautiful islands and in many kind of destinations across Europe and in Asia. Um, so the brand name actually is from Uluwatu, which is that famous surfer's paradise in Bali which was the main source of inspiration. I fell in love with Bali, the culture, the people, the way of life. And that's what I wanted to encompass into my brand. Um, the idea actually didn't come until about eight months later after I'd been to Bali. I went to Portugal 
and I spent two weeks at a surf camp and I realized when I got there, I had packed the completely wrong swimwear for surfing. Um, I had just packed my fashion, fashion swimwear, which had ties at the front or was low cut or it was in beautiful fabric that I didn't want to get damaged. And I was thinking to myself, okay, I feel like there's a market here because I can't really find swimwear that I can fit comfortably under a wetsuit. And I also can't find anything sustainable. Maybe there's a gap in, in the market. So I did some research. I did a lot of comp shopping abroad, um, talking to all the surfers, going into surf shops. It wasn't that much hard work. It was very fun. And actually decided that I really saw this gap and it's something I really believed in. So that is where I came up with the idea. Now, I'll be honest, I'm not a pro surfer. Ulu Swim and Surf is not for, well, it could be for, for amazing surfers, but really the brand is encompassing that surfer island life. It's suitable for water sports of kind of anything goes, swimming, uh, surfing, going into, on a catamaran, everything. But it's, it's comfortable, it's stylish, but it's also timeless. So that was where I had the idea and, and I guess um, where we are today. I mean, it's a lovely brand and it's obviously been well thought through. And also, like you say, it's, it's, you know, it's sustainable, it's timeless, it's well designed and also it's accessible as well. It's, a lot of people think that sustainable products are just out of their reach because they're, they're luxury brands, for example. And I think one of the great things about your brand is that you know, it's accessible, it's making sustainability more accessible to more people. Um, and also at a, an, in a niche area like swim and surf, where I don't think there's a lot of sustainable brands actually touching that area. Um, so that's a very commendable. <laughs> Thank you. And what is, a, what is it about your brand? Obviously, you've put a lot of thought into it and you've got a really strong background in sustainability. Um, so you knew kind of what, you know, you knew what you were doing when you, when you started the brand up. What is it that makes the brand so green, so sustainable for the consumer? Absolutely. I think when setting up the brand, sustainability was so important for me and what I, I felt that I needed to have sustainability at the heart of the business and at the heart of every single decision that I made. I worked with a lot of retailers and I worked with them on various different sustainability projects or I did analysis on various different retailers in the market and I found that lots of them were doing um, great things in the sustainable area but you know, they were talking about their recyclable bags or they were talking about a t-shirt that was organic or made from 60% recycled materials. But I didn't feel like a lot of brands were encompassing it um, you know, at the total level, but they were doing, they were picking and choosing the aspects of sustainability that they wanted. So I looked at all of that and I felt that that wasn't the route that I wanted to go down. I wanted to make sure that my brand was sustainable from start to finish, or at least that's the aim. So there are a few things that we are working on and I've, met, I've put that in my uh, website as well because we want to have this transparent and open conversation and not try and hide anything. But in terms of what we are doing, um, really the first part of it was fabric. It was choosing a fabric that was 100% made of recycled fabric, uh, recycled materials. So we use two materials, one from Reprieve, which is very common in the world of fashion, and another brand called Carkivo, and that uses um, the regenerated nylon, the regenerated yarn, um, called Econlin. So that's probably the, the Reprieve and um, Econlin are probably the most um, popular terms that you'll hear thrown around in the fashion industry. 
So fabric was number one. After I'd chosen the fabric, I then had to choose a factory, which was no easy feat during COVID. We weren't able to travel to factories. We had to rely purely on communication over WhatsApp, email, video chat, and so on. But I was very fortunate to find a fabric in Bali actually, which is really nice. It kind of brings the circle full round to the inspiration, but they specialize in working with smart startup brands that focus on sustainability and they're a fantastic supplier. They're the only ones that I do use. They have lots of ethical credentials, both from a manufacturing standpoint, but also from a people standpoint. I, I really struggle with the idea that you can say that your t-shirt is ethically or sustainable if it's not necessarily ethically made and you actually aren't treating your workers right or you're not paying them or even if you are, you have no idea because it's such a large supply train. So that was part two. And then when I was thinking about, right, I've got the product, it's a sustainable product. Now, how am I going to get it to my customer sustainably? So I've done two things. One of which is the packaging. All of it, our packaging is uh, made from compostable materials. So it's actually made of corn, which isn't just compostable in a industrial facility, which is great, but really hard to come by, especially for the individual. But actually you can cut it up and put it in your garden or around your plant pot and it'll take a couple of months to degrade, but actually it returns all of those nutrients back into the soil. So um, I've been collecting up kind of any packaging from my, my friends and sending them off to my home in Oxfordshire with my mother and she's been popping it in her compostable bins and around her plants. So it's really nice the fact that actually this stuff isn't wasted and it actually can return nutrients. Um, and then just lastly, we are completely aware that we can't be fully um, carbon, you know, we're, we're gonna have some emissions. We can't be fully sustainable. Unfortunately, the nature of creating a product means that we are creating something and using up the earth's resources. So what I've done is minimize our carbon footprint, you know, as much as I can. And then we're working with a UN-backed carbon offset scheme, which is, again, it's based in Asia and it's a big project working on renewable energy. So I've calculated my carbon emissions and then offset a lot more than I'm producing, but I thought that, you know, I want to cover all bases. And so that felt like the best way of doing things. That's amazing. It sounds like you've, you've thought about every and touched every base along the supply chain. Um, and I think that's really essential as well, because like you say, you know, you, you could have a, a sustainably labeled garment, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's been produced ethically because you've got to take into consideration the workers rights as well and how they're how they're treated and how they're they're paid and also right to the end product where it's been packaged and delivered. Um, and I was having a discussion the other day with somebody about packaging, how yeah, plastic bags can be recycled, but you've got to take them to a supermarket and put them in a recycling bin and who knows where it goes. Um, but with your packaging, it's it's interesting that you can compost it um, and it's easy to do, which is a, which is something that not I don't think many people, you know, really consider. So it's great that you've actually touched upon that point as well. We just wanted to ask as well, you know, I know that you mentioned about the struggle of being able to communicate with your suppliers, um, especially during lockdown and facing the pandemic, of course. And I'm sure at some point you'll be able to get over to Bali, which would be which would be a fantastic trip and, and a great way to see your factory. And it's kind of making me want to go on holiday right now. But what other challenges did you face 
starting up a business during the pandemic? Well, I'm going to say one thing before I jump into the challenges is it was also a fantastic opportunity because the pandemic did force me to slow down, assess what was really important to me and give me some headspace to decide how I wanted my career to progress. So despite the many challenges of the pandemic across personally and professionally for for a lot of people across the world, I think for me personally, there was some benefits. And of course, Ulu was um, one of the products of the pandemic that I'm really proud of. But Thinking around challenges, visiting the suppliers was a really big one because of course, when you're producing a sustainable item, you need to make sure your suppliers are sustainable and the best way to do that is see it with your own eyes. What we've done instead is, um, like I mentioned, video chat and, and WhatsApp communication and they've sent me pictures of actually my products being produced, which was really exciting to see. I was really looking forward to the first couple of items coming off the, the factory line and seeing that and to see the people who are behind it made the whole thing really real and I've never had that experience before. You don't get to know who makes your clothes when you just go and buy it off the high street or order it off you know, online, so that was amazing. And then I have to admit there are a few other challenges, one of which was shipping delays. Uh, I produce in Indonesia and FedEx took it, took my product um, uh, to their bases, which is absolutely fine. It just got stuck in a couple of different places along the way because of the situation with COVID and you know, people have to isolate, the workers are taking time off. Completely rightly so. Um, I kind of factored that in as well with my launch just to make sure that I did think about the pandemic and what impact that would have on shipping. It was a little frustrating, but I'm hoping that the next round it will be post-COVID and therefore hopefully won't be so much of a challenge. Um, and then the other challenges have more been consumer facing. I think I'm really happy to have launched a swimwear brand. We're coming out of the other side with COVID. People are starting to travel again. But of course, there is so so much uncertainty and England isn't the sunniest place. So surprisingly, um, there isn't my product hasn't sold out in the first week of launch, which is a good thing because we only do one delivery per season to be again that sustainability aspect. But I think the demand for swimwear and and in all clothes has just you know decreased a little bit due to COVID. And there's also the aspect around people are still a little bit uncertain around jobs and perhaps have less money to spend. Now, I thank you for bringing up the kind of affordability piece at the start of the podcast. For me, affordability was so important because I felt like, yes, there are sustainable swimwear out there, but I'm not paying £120 for it. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really happy in my job, but still, I think that's too much, which is a little hypocritical to say, given, um, you know, I, I should be paying a little bit more for sustainable products. But actually, when I looked at my business model, looked at the product, factored in margins and so on, actually I, I felt like I could do it at a reduced price. Now, we're never going to be the fast fashion um, fast fashion prices like Boohoo and Misguided, so that it, there definitely is a step up, but you do know that this is sustainable from start to finish and hopefully that will pe- make people you know, want to spend a little bit more and it will also last you a long time. So hopefully that barrier again will be overcome and my brand also aims to educate people and like why it's really important, why, you know, why it costs so much and so on. So again, that educational piece will hopefully come in as well and reduce that challenge. I think that's great. And I think, you know, 
affordability is is one thing um but the fact that it is sustainable is another and combining those two things makes a product so much more valuable these days and will do more so going forward as people as the consumer become much more aware of the necessity of sustainable products and it does put out there another choice you know your brand puts out there another choice for consumers to tap into and you're right unfortunately it's not been the best of weathers in britain in the last few um last few weeks unfortunately even though we are technically i suppose kind of in summer um but i think you know it's starting to pick up and summer is just around the corner and people are able to go on holiday now to certain countries and that will open up even more and more more and more as we go down the line um and i think it'll become much more desirable to have a little you know a little swimmer option in their luggage as they as they jet off to to warmer sands which is going to be pretty much anywhere but here right now so anyway julia i just want to ask you another couple of questions one of them is where can consumers buy your product Yep, great questions. So at the moment, we are just a small brand and you can buy directly onto our website. Now, that was a deliberate choice because if you start working with third parties, then you lose, you know, they want a piece of the pie and therefore your price goes up. So to minimize the cost to pass on to the consumer, you can buy directly on our website and on our social channels, we've linked our shop as well and your um, all the images contain a link to buy that specific product. So that is the two places that you can buy our product for now. We have been working with two really great um, companies. Kiko is one of them and Verto is another, which are not marketplaces per se, you can't buy from them, but they are websites that gather together amazing sustainable brands. Um, we are featured on both of them and you can click on shop, which will get redirected onto our website. Um, I thought this was a really great channel to kind of get some brand awareness going. And also I want to support these types of shops or types of platforms because actually it is really difficult to find a truly sustainable brand. And of course my products there, but also so is a lot of other fantastic small businesses and sustainable brands. So would really recommend checking out both of them either directly on their website or on social as well. If you want to broaden your horizons with other sustainable brands. That's great. Thank you for the information on that. And speaking of the small brands, actually, do you have any advice for any brands that are starting up in the sustainable fashion area? Absolutely. I would say my biggest piece of advice is talk to all your friends, all your family, your colleagues, everyone that you can. Um, my friends and family have been such a help and such a valuable resource. Um, as an example, I have asked them to be my fit models. Um, I've asked them to be my actual models um, who you'll see on the website. Um, I've had some of, one of my friends design some logo and some artwork. One of my friends was the actual photographer. So they've been amazing just helping you get up and running. But also their feedback is so valuable because they are going to be or could be your customer. Um, for example, when I was stuck with my packaging, I asked the girls, should I go down the compostable route, the recyclable route or the cardboard box route? I had done so much research and I was just overwhelmed by the number of options. And, the, you know, each has got pluses and minuses, right? And it really helped me broaden my view on sustainability and they asked me lots of really valuable questions. So for example, one of the girls said, well, I don't have a compost bin. 
at home. Um, how on earth am I supposed to compost this? And I was like, do you know what? You have a good point because I would not know that as a customer either. And thanks to that really insightful question that was probably just offhand, I actually did a lot of research, built out a whole page about the packaging on the website and in your um, in your compostable bag, when you get sent to it, you've got a little QR code to scan that will tell you how to dispose of it as well. So again, questions like that are so valuable. And as a single person starting up a brand, there's no way you're gonna cover off everything, even if you are super smart and you know the brand inside and out in the industry. But so yes, big piece of advice, leverage all of your resources in your kind of portfolio, whether that be friends, family, colleagues, etc. That is brilliant advice. And I love the QR idea. That is excellent because you're right. A lot of people will grab something like that and not necessarily know, you know, what to do and just think, ah, I'll just throw it away (laughs) and not really do anything with it. So that is a brilliant idea. And and yeah, very applaudable. Um, What, where do you see the future of Ulu? I mean, Ulu has been such a great experience for me. I've loved every moment of it from designing the brand, getting in the swimsuit, selling it. So I really want to grow the business in the next five years. I want to be really involved with it, but I'd love a small team of my own and see us shipping across Europe. I just think sustainable options just aren't widely available. And I really want to build up this eco-conscious community via social channels, via the people who wear Ulu and who talk about it. Getting involved with podcasts like yourselves has been great to share the message and just you have to have small brands like us talking about sustainability and why we're sustainable in all of the different aspects because that will make people challenge the current brands and they'll say, do you know what, your recycling scheme is not enough or actually, I don't care about 60% recycled fabric in your t-shirt, I care about 100%. And without brands disrupting the industry like we are, it's never gonna force bigger retailers who are well-established to change their behavior. So my goal is to obviously grow the business, I love it so much, but also just to get a really strong following. And if I could educate 100, 200 more, I don't know, around sustainability and get them to start questioning their choices and how they put sustainability in their lives, then that is the overarching goal. That is fantastic, Julia. And we love a purpose-driven business that actually not only produces a product that's desirable, but also educates and informs the the consumer and leads the right direction for the industry. We ask this bonus question now, Juliet, that we like to ask our guests. Uh, It's kind of for the people who have stuck around to the end of the podcast. What is Ulo's most sustainably produced item? Well, I actually love that question. And I was laughing with this about with my housemate earlier, because actually, every single one of those products that we produce is as sustainable as each other. They're all made in the same factory. They're all shipped together. All of like, I look at the carbon in total and offset that. So honestly, all of them, there's not one single product that is not sustainable or even just 50% sustainable on my website. That's not what I'm about. Um, So you can shop with the confidence knowing that actually you are truly buying a sustainable option. And I actually, was working with this one of the suppliers of my fabrics. So um, looking at all my styles um, that are made of the Carcavo fabric, um, which contains that Econlin recycled or regenerated yarn, has actually saved 35 kilograms of nylon waste. 
So that's just phenomenal. I haven't bought that many swimsuits. It's not a huge brand, we're just a startup, but just 35 um, kilograms of nylons being saved from landfill and regenerated to actually what I think is a gorgeous and, and very well, um, you know, very stylish product. So yeah, very happy about that. Stylish and very well thought through, of course. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic, Julia. And who can argue with that? 100% sustainable products. It's it's perfect answer. Well, Julia, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today and talk about Ulu. We're all eager to follow the Ulu journey and your journey and wish you all the best with it. Now travel is starting to happen again. I'm sure many of us are eager to get away for some sun, sea and surf. So why not set yourself up with some eco beachwear from Ulu? You can find out more about Ulu from the link in the description or on our Instagram page. I've been Sebastian and this is the Sustainable Fashion Wingman podcast. Remember to subscribe so we can bring you more helpful choices in dressing, living and working more sustainably. Sustainable.